Hello and welcome to Epicenter. My name is Camilla Foy and today I got to talk to Mrs. Tiffany Kairos, the founder of the Epilepsy Network and her blog Rise Above Epilepsy. Today she told me about her story and what it is to be an epilepsy advocate. I hope you enjoy listening to her just as much as I have enjoyed talking to her. Now let's get into the episode. So nice to have you and be here and to see you. Yeah, so it's very nice to meet you. So could you please take us through your epilepsy story? Absolutely. So um, I was diagnosed. Well, let me go back here. Uh, I had my first seizure when I was 16. And it was a tonic-clonic seizure. I happened to be sleeping in bed. Um, and <laughs> I was more concerned at that time about a history test the next day, but all of a sudden I was being carried down the stairs by two paramedics on a gurney. And I was really concerned about what had happened because <laughs> um, apparently, you know, something serious, something really serious had happened. And I was really dazed and confused and they loaded me up into the ambulance and took me to the hospital where doctors let me know that I had had a seizure. I was really confused because I didn't even know what a seizure was. <laughs> so I was placed on medication for about six months. And in that time span, I didn't have another seizure. So they took me off medicine and I didn't have another seizure until uh, 2018, or yes, 2008. And I was 22 years old, and I was uh, a newlywed. And uh, my husband and I had only been married for about four months. And I was driving to the store. It was about nine in the morning. And I felt perfectly fine. <laughs> Nothing seemed out of the ordinary. I didn't feel weird or uh, there was no indication that a seizure was about to happen. But um, as I was driving, all of a sudden, my muscles weakened and my vision just started to, you know, fade into darkness. And I had a split second of time to just turn the wheel away from traffic. And I went through two front yards and over, you know, uh, a little bit of a lip there and crashed through a fence and into a tree. I And that was, you know, really scary for me once again, because uh, when I uh, woke up, I happened to be on a gurney again with paramedics loading me into an ambulance. And, uh, and, you know, it had been a few years, you know, that I had had a seizure. So again, I was confused about what happened. <laughs> and doctors took me to the hospital, ran a bunch of tests, and they told me that I had had a seizure. <laughs> and that made my stomach drop because I had a flashback of when I was 16 and I was like, dear goodness, it happened again. 
<laughs> and so after the test had been run, um, a few days later, I met with a doctor and they sat me down and told me that I had epilepsy. And I was so confused and scared um, because I had never heard that word before. I didn't know what that meant. Um, and he explained to me what that meant. He explained to me, you know, in, you know, just he, he gave me very little information to go on, gave me a small pamphlet <laughs> Oh, to no. really, yeah, you know, a very thin pamphlet to understand what I needed to do, what I shouldn't do. And, you know, um, sent me on my way. <laughs> gave me medication, sent me on my way. And I was really scared because I knew that my life was about to change forever <laughs> at that point. So I had just been diagnosed with an illness um, that I was going to have to battle for I didn't know how long at that point. And at when you had your first seizure at 16, did they ever consider that you might have had epilepsy at all? No, they thought it was a one-time occurrence, Oh, okay. you know, <laughs> and they ran a bunch of tests. They didn't know why I had that seizure. They just knew, okay, let's put her on some medicine, see if we can't just make sure we can just make sure that this won't happen again. And it didn't. Yeah. And then, so you went to the doctor and what was the diagnosis process? Like what kind of tests did you have to do to get to the conclusion that you had epilepsy? Um, they did CAT scans, they did MRIs, they did the EEGs, and, you know, it just really, you know, indicated that I indeed had a uh, seizure activity going on in my brain. So, um, and then they coupled that with the seizure that I had when I was 16. And obviously, you know, after having two seizures, you are diagnosed at that point with epilepsy. Mm-hmm. And what type of seizures do you have? I have tonic-clonic seizures and complex partial seizures. What are complex partial seizures? I've never heard of them before. <laughs> well, you know, uh, seizures are different for everybody. Um, for me, uh, what happens is uh, I will uh, lose my vision. for about a couple of seconds and my head will turn to the side. I'm still able to speak sometimes and sometimes I can't, but uh, I'm just really foggy for about maybe five to 10 seconds. But um, usually, you know, I, I mean, I can walk around and do things, you know, that I, you know, But, you know, I'm usually disoriented and I usually wait until that passes. But uh, uh, my brain is kind of all foggy and, you know, uh, it's best just to kind of sit still and let it pass. But, um, yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a mini seizure. And do, can you take medications? Does medication help at all? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um Again, you know, everybody's different with their seizures and how they manage them. 
Um, I'm on uh, four different medications, plus I have uh, an emergency medication should uh, anything happen. So you mentioned that you were a newlywed at the time you mm -hmm. first uh, had, well, when you had your second seizure. How how was that experience as a newlywed with a life-changing diagnosis? Oh, good gracious. That was so tough because, um, I mean, we had just started our marriage. We just started our life as husband and wife. And um, I was devastated uh, because I had to leave my job. Um, and my husband, you know, he had to really, uh, figure out how is he going to work plus, you know, take care of me at the same time. Um, because it's tough when you can't do a lot of things on your own and you need help from another person. And, uh, so he had to really balance working plus, you know, making sure that I was safe at home. And it really became tough for him to work. So he had to leave his job too, to, you know, make sure that I was okay and safe. Plus, uh, make sure that I got to my, you know, doctor's appointments on time and, you know, to my tests on time. And, you know, uh, it was so tough because I, you know, personally felt guilty and I felt like a burden. And I'm sure a lot of people understand that, you know, they feel that guilt and they feel that burden feeling. And uh, there was a point at that time where I told my husband, I said, I wouldn't blame you if you left. You know, I, I said, I don't want to you know, make this hard for you. And my husband, he laughed and he said, I'm not going anywhere you know, we're in this together, we're going to do this together, you know, it's, we're, we're going to face this challenge head on. And that just, that was emotionally, hmm, and there's really no words. <laughs> but I was just so happy. And I felt so blessed to have, uh, you know, a life partner that was willing to stand by me through this. And I understand that he helped um, co um, co found the Epilepsy Network. Yes, yes, I was. That was amazing. Um, the Epilepsy Network uh, kind of uh, began to really uh, come alive in 2011. Uh, he's a graphic designer, so oh. yes, he is. Yeah, so he does the you know mainly the back end work i do a lot of you know the uh social media aspect of it um and you know we just came together you know or put our heads together and i you know i really wanted to help uh others you know patients and caregivers and the public uh better understand the condition and to not feel so alone like I felt alone at first and in the beginning and I wanted to give back what I received because in the beginning um I didn't know where to go I didn't know anybody else that had epilepsy or had had a seizure so what helped me was to go uh you know into um support groups online and I met I was met with so much support and care and compassion 
And I saw so much of the same thing being given, you know, left and right in support groups. And that inspired me. That was so, you know, inspiring. And uh, that really was what made me want to become an advocate. And so I thought to myself and I told my husband, I said, you know, I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to do that. I'd like to create, you know, an online community. And what was your process in creating all this? Because I know you have the epilepsy network, you have your blog Rise Above Epilepsy, which both are amazing, by the way. I saw Thank them you. and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Thank you. So, you know, it started with a Facebook page. Um, and it that, you know, it just was a matter of creating um, uh, educational images, you know, helping people to understand what epilepsy is, uh, what seizures are, and just anything and everything there is to know, you know, so the public can better understand so that, you know, stigmas could be broken and uh, people can be less afraid of the condition and people with epilepsy can find their voice and not be so afraid to talk about it. I know that I was very uh, frightened and nervous to you know, talk about my story and my condition because I didn't want people to uh, look at me differently or treat me differently. And I know that there are other people out there that felt the same way and I wanted to help them find that confidence. It's a very good vision. I feel that talking about it is the most important thing. That's a common reoccurring theme I see a lot is we need to talk about epilepsy. We need to be able to spread the word. And the only way we can do that is if we can help others uh, become empowered and use their voices to let everyone know about as much as they can about epilepsy. And mm -hmm. kind of like the thought process you were saying about, oh, well, how can you, you know, let everyone know about this? That was kind of what I was thinking of starting this podcast. I was like, huh, how, how can I help out now mm. in a way that's effective and mm. I was like I don't know how I'm gonna do this but <laughs> I could try that's, that's how I felt is I was thinking like I have no idea how I'm gonna do this I'm, I've never done this before and uh w one aspect of starting out my advocacy pro or process was is I uh, started off with index cards and a little camera, and I told my story with index cards and put it on YouTube. Oh. And I was just amazed at the reaction, the response that I got. And I was like, wow, okay, all right, let's keep this ball rolling. <laughs> you got to start somewhere. You just got to do it. Yeah. And I feel like sharing your story is the first and most important part and being able to just let everyone know that, you know, you can do something about epilepsy. You can let everyone know about it. You can just, mm. you can educate everyone and you can really make a difference. Like I've seen, you've made so much of a difference already with everything that you write in your blog. I've read a lot of your articles and I'm like, oh, wow, I just learned a whole bunch of new stuff that I did not know yesterday. <laughs> I'm so glad you like it. <laughs> And something that I wanted to talk about is I saw that you want, I'm not sure how you say it, but it's like, is the W, is W-E-G-O awards? Or do you say like WEGO awards? I have no clue. Oh yeah. Um, it used to be called the WEGO Health Awards. Mm -hmm. They've since changed it to the Social Health Awards. But uh, 
Yeah, they used to call it uh, WeGo Health Awards. Mm -hmm. But yeah, in 20, uh, 2016, I won the uh, WeGo Health Awards for Best in Show Twitter. And that was amazing to me because I... I don't win a lot of, I don't win awards that that was so powerful for me because, uh, you know, I just really, I put a lot of into uh, what I do because I want to help people. Everything I do is not for self gain. I do things for others. So to win an award was very powerful. And uh, I really was grateful. And I felt blessed. You're saying so you got it for your Twitter page. Do you kind of diversify what you put on each of your pages? Yeah, I try as much as I can because I'm only one person. I try and touch on uh, different uh, social media platforms. But um, yeah, I, you know, I try and uh, do what I can as a, you know, single uh, individual. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, maintaining all these platforms it's gonna be so confusing it's like I'm always on my Instagram and then I'm like oh wait I have my Twitter account I need to be able to focus on too I know and what helps too a lot is to schedule your posts that makes a world of difference <laughs> yeah that's what I started doing on my Instagram I'm like oh wait I can schedule posts I know I know I was like oh oh that really really helps yes and so um, one of my last questions I have for you is, do you have any tips for any newly diagnosed people with epilepsy um, on how to identify the right doctor, or even dealing with mental health and social interactions after their diagnosis? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, as I did, I really just, uh, I really uh, talked with people in online support groups who really have more, you know, had more experience than I did, you know, patients, caregivers, they had a lot of uh, information about resources that I could tap into uh, that helped me to find what I needed, doctors that I could talk to, speak with, and uh, you know, reputable websites that I could uh, lo look at and gain information from. Do you have any websites like from the top of your head that you can share? Sure. You know, there's uh, the website that I had created, uh, the epilepsy network.com. There's also um, Healthline, and there's also um, all kinds of different websites. Uh, you know, um, I think Healthline is probably your best bet. I would definitely go with that one. I've always um, enjoyed that one, and healthcentral.com is probably the second after that. Okay. And um, do you have any tips? Like, I, I know that you said that, oh, you, you had to find the right doctor in order to be able to uh, learn more about epilepsy. So do you have any tips on finding the right doctor? Because I know it's a recurring theme whenever I talk to anyone with epilepsy, they're like, I bounced from doctor to doctor until I could finally find yes. the right one. Yes, I, I had to go from a couple doctors until I found the right one. And really, you know, again, speak with a couple of individuals in support groups, get their, you know, get their opinions, ask them what, you know, they think uh, is um, best as far as uh, what um, 
to find in a good doctor. Plus also you want to find ones that um, actually have a good experience with other patients. You know, um, I honestly, you want to make sure that they have a, just a, a good rapport with other patients. And if, you know, if they don't, then you really, I don't know if they're the right doctor for you, honestly. Okay. Well, thank you so much for all that you have said today. I really enjoyed talking with you. Oh, I've enjoyed talking with you too. Yes. I feel like I, I, and now I'm speaking to the viewers, please check out the Epilepsy Network and Rise Above Epilepsy because they are really good websites. Like I, I'm being learning so much. I've been reading some of your articles and I'm like, okay, now I have some ideas for episodes in the future of what I can talk about now because there's so much I'm still learning on epilepsy. There's so much that I need to research and find out about so that I can be able to better educate others as well. Oh, that's so awesome. That's so great. Thank you so much for coming on today. Oh, thank you for having me. Have a wonderful day. You too.